Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry, and with me back this week is the co-hostest with the mostest. It's Swan. What's up? What up, buddy? How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing fantastic today. Yeah? Yeah, doing doing good. You've done some things today. I have done some things, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've bourbon hunted, and I've uh, picked a few barrels, and yeah, well, that's really about it. But it was great. I had a fantastic time doing it. I've got a really funny skit that I want to do for YouTube about bourbon hunting. Oh, nice. It, I, I'm not going to talk about it too much, because I want to save it for YouTube, but it's going to be hilarious. Anyway, I'm all about it. More on that another time. Anyway, if you're new to the show, welcome. If you're returning, hi. It's good to see you. Did you have a good week? We appreciate you coming back. You don't have anything to say to me? No, you're I'm rude. Just, yeah, you're just rude. I'm just, I'm just watching this conversation happen. That's how I am normally. I'm not very talkative in situations. And especially today because you're sleepy. Nah, yeah, a little yeah, bit. A little bit. I'm not like super sleepy. I just, I'm like incoherent <laughs> after a nap. Like it's, I'm awake. I'm here, but that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, if you have not yet, please subscribe to the podcast. New episodes come out every Wednesday. You can leave us a rating and a review as well on the iTunes podcast app. You can check out all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com, including skateboards, mm-hmm. which we sold our first one of. Was it actually? Was it? Was it Chad? Yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable! My daily bourbon yeah. over over on uh, getting a skateboard on Instagram. Jeez Louise, man! I'm I'm super pumped. Yeah, you yeah. know what? You know what's funny? I uh, Threadless has it priced I uh, at about ninety dollars mm-hmm. for the deck, and we made a whopping nine dollars off of it. Yeah, <laughs> which is incredible. Yeah, I just, I mean, I hope it looks good. I want to, like... I do, too. I don't know. I've only seen the mock-ups. and I mean, they look fine. It's just literally our logo slapped on the bottom of a skateboard. So... Yeah. I don't know. It'd be great. Yeah. We also have glasses. Uh, We've been talking about this for a while. They're at whiskeyambitions.com. They say this is my bourbon drinking glass on them. They're Glen Cairns. They're really, really cool. Not too many left, either. No, less than 20, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, thank goodness. I thought that they were going to sell out a little bit quicker than that, but... I, it's all good. Yeah, it's fine. If you haven't gotten one yet, go get you one or two. They come in pairs as well, not yeah. just singles. Uh, and also, patreon.com slash podcast. Support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Five bucks a month gets you some bonus content as well. That's it for up top. You want to get into a little flying blind spawn? Yeah, the down low, up top, down. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. You, okay. You've, uh, I've been very secretive about this one. Secretive about this one. Not that it's not always secret. No, no, no. But I've been like extra careful to not even give you the chance to smell this up until now. So this was sent to us by a listener. Oh. (laughs) And I wanted to get this one out of the way first. I don't mean that in a mean way. I just wanted you to (laughs) have, have this one in flying blind. This almost smells like a peated corn whiskey. I will say, you're not too far off. Okay. It's definitely smoky. It's, it's, it's different. <laughs> There's some notes on there, I'm going to be honest. <coughs> I'm not too keen on. It is kind of like straight tobacco smoke and yeah. leather. I mean, this is a very good... Oh my goodness. This is one heck of a cigar whiskey, for sure. Here's the good thing. 
it's low proof. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to tank our pallets for the rest of the night. Yeah, but it's almost like mesquite. Yeah, it is. It's 92 proof. Okay. So. <laughs> this was sent to us by a listener, as I said before. This comes from Samantha Stitt. And uh, she sent this to us back in January. And I've kind of just forgotten about it for mm-hmm. a little while. It sat on the bar behind me. Um, and it is, and I hope I'm saying it right. Hit me. Opidon Smoke and See. O-P-P-I-D-A-N. It's a combination of their four-grain straight bourbon and Solera-aged bourbon mash bills, finished in French oak and peated Islay Scotch barrels. Okay. French oak adds structure and dark fruit nuts, while the Islay casks add a layer of smoke, earth, and sea to our already malty and chocolatey bourbon. Bourbon on the nose and front palate with a briny and peaty finish. I'm going to be honest. It, it seems like it hasn't melded together quite yet. I will agree with you on that one. But I do get all of those notes. It's just not one of those cohesive things. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's... <laughs> so she sent this to us after we did our King's County peated oh, okay. bourbon review. Yeah. And we had said we wanted to try more peated bourbons just to see what they were like. Yeah, this is uh, this is interesting i i do it is it is i I don't think i enjoy it as much as the king's county because it's just got a slight note on it of something i can't can't wrap my head around it's definitely that like c kind of i think they in scotch they call it a maritime note oh okay uh i've looked it up the old pulteney is a brand that kind of calls themselves the maritime whiskey gotcha and it's that just like crisp sea air kind of thing going on, but it comes off so strong in a, in a Glencairn. Uh, and I, I don't know if that blends super well with like chocolatey malty bourbon. <laughs> uh, I think the peat would be fine. Yeah. It just, it's strange. It is, it is odd. Yeah. It is quite odd. Um, I, I honestly don't mind it. Yeah. It's very different. We'll say it's kind of giving me a little bit of a headache. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a lot to you it's know a lot think to process. about. Yeah, it is a lot it's to a process. Lot. Um, but yeah, Samantha, thank you so much for for sending this in. We really really appreciate it. And uh, if anybody is looking to send us samples or stuff to try here on the show or on the live stream that I do on Thursday nights over on YouTube, please reach out. I'm actually going to get a, a PO box set up. I said that strange. A PO box set up sometime soon as well. I. Uh, because it's safer. Yes. <laughs> I love you guys, but it's safer for me and my family. Got a little baby, a got protector. Know what I mean? Know what I'm saying? Anyway. Spawn, what have you been drinking recently? Recently, I've been having just all, all, all sorts of things. Like, just a lot. Uh, I've had some, again, some more tequila to try. Um... And then I also have had a good amount of scotch samples and things that I've, I've tried. And then uh, I've been trying a lot of the, the exclusive brands at work, some of which are fantastic, some of which are not necessarily down my my alley, I guess. Um, Wouldn't it be up your alley? Yes. Are you a bowling pin? I am a bowling pin. So maybe that would be down your alley. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> some of are are okay. Um, but... Just, I've just been trying a lot of brands that have sourced whiskey recently just to kind of see 
what everybody's take is on the same distillery. Like I've gone through a lot of MGP products at my house right yeah. now and just seeing like how can you take the same product and spin it? Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's like you're drinking totally different whiskeys most of the time. Um, tell tell me too about you reached out to our our Facebook group chat about a particular finish for scotches. Oh, Sauntern finish? Yeah. Tell me about that, because you also picked up a bottle yesterday. Of it. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. It's just it's a white dessert wine, so you have port sherry, uh, that kind of thing, and then you just have a white uh, dessert wine, and, and that stuff is uh, a little less like sugary sweet and a little more kind of like pear, apple-y sweet with like a little hint of almond, so it's, got, it's not just overwhelming sweetness. Okay. Um, and it, uh, it was pretty pretty good i'll say that i i don't think i enjoy it more than the sugary sweetness like you need a strong flavor to impart on on whiskey like it's it's got a lot it's fighting already um i I don't think it's my favorite finishing i've had but it's interesting i think it would be fun for like the thomas moore series to do a saunter finish uh because Mm. they do those extended Mm -hmm. finishings maybe something that's not so strong would actually do well with having additional time yeah i i mean i'm i'm interested in trying it i don't think i've ever tried anything so turn south turn yeah i it's it's interesting and and the nice thing is too is it's a great way to try that kind of stuff because port is approachable sherry is usually approachable there's two dessert wines in particular that are not approachable in price uh sauntern of 375 can sometimes run you 50 bucks uh ice wine you can get a 200 ml for like 60 i mean it's those are those are hard to get your hands on um you can find them you just don't want to pay for them usually so (laughs) it's not like you can go pick up a 20 buck you know a 20 dollar thing of like ruby port and just try it to kind of see what the flavors are that might come off on a whiskey that's true that's very true oh what have i had to drink recently been enjoying the heck out of Knob Creek Single Barrel this As past week. I can't. You've been enjoying the new bottle? No, I still hate it. Okay, still hate it. I thought it might have been growing on you. Uh, it hasn't really. I don't. I just don't get it. I think that it's weird design for weird design's sake. Um, but I, I just don't. I just don't like the way it looks. I did. I got a good laugh out of my family though. I. Describing it in the same way that you described it, <laughs> uh, which I will not repeat again on the podcast because I don't want to get flagged or anything. Uh, it's not even that bad. Alan Bishop dropped multiple f bombs on the show last week. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you've not listened to that episode yet, go back and check it out. Had a great conversation with Alan. Um, gosh, what else, man? Look at my floor whiskey. Oh, yeah. Good old floor whiskey. Have you tried this yet? What is this? This is a Starward pick of uh, Australian whiskey. No. It's a single cask. Well, duh, it's single barrel. Uh, it's 100.4 proof. Nice. It'll get It'll get some of the the peatiness out of your out of your gob. If you want. Yeah. Uh, hold on. <laughs> mm. He just downed the rest of that. Oh, I know one. The, um... The Michter's uh, single barrel barrel strength that was out at Total Wine the other day. Is it a single barrel or is it a batch? I think it's a single barrel. Okay. 
Yeah. It's really good. We might actually be reviewing that a little bit later. Um, yeah, it is a single barrel because we had four different proofs. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a little Michter's review at the end of the episode. Uh, got to see Ian, one of our listeners. Always good to see other. Him. Yeah, the other day. Wow, this is dark. Mm-hmm. So this uh, came kind of secondhand. I'm holding on to this bottle for a little bit uh, from Dustin Whitaker. And that was sent to him by Christian DeGrave up in New York. So Christian's whiskey group did a pick of this. And I've got a whole set behind me, too, of Starward single malts. Nice. That I haven't tried yet. Chad and Sarah did it a while back. It came from... Chris and Lil are uh, Aussie buddies. But anyway, yeah, I, I got to see Ian on Saturday as well. We went to OBC, um, got to have some more <laughs> whiskey drummer, which I'm never going to be, be upset about having. Yeah. Did a blind flight of Old Scout Smooth Ambler picks from them too, which were so widely varied between the three of them. Mm-hmm. I, I just was like... <laughs> you, you like okay we'll talk about single barrels single barrels for a second excuse me yes for the most part you would expect a distillery to have consistency between single barrels just in terms of flavor profiles yeah for the most part places like you know new riff where they have different mash processes and different yeast and fermentation deals and then like wilderness trail who is so innovative with all of the stuff that they do with their, their mashes, yes, in some regards, it's going to be different from single barrel to single barrel. <laughs> I feel like they were so, these old Scout Smooth Amblers were just all three in such different ballparks. Yes. That I, I almost felt like I wasn't drinking anything from the same distillery, honestly. Yeah, there's there's two or three places that I, I get that with. Uh, the smooth Ambler, obviously. I mean, you... Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Uh, Nulu is is another one that does that. I mean, we've got, I'd say we've got probably ten picks that have come through uh, that I've seen at least, and I I'd say only about four or five of them are really in my ballpark. But then other people love the ones I don't really care for as much. Yeah, it's just, but they're they're so varied. Um, and then uh, the big one, this one just is crazy. I don't. They've we really need to get them on the show at some point. Um, but the Huber Starlight, um, yes, absolutely, whiskey that comes out. They have so many finishings. They have uh, apparently they've got a very unique mash bill, um, and some of their stuff is just wildly different. They use different barrel entry proofs. Uh, there's multiple different master distillers. I mean, it is just unique. I mean, you can go into a warehouse and know for sure that there is. A unique single barrel every couple of ricks. I mean, it's just it's crazy. I how is that uh, that double barreled Nulu that you all have? It's great. Is it? It's really good. Got to try it, man. Yeah. I don't know if I'll pick up a whole bottle, but yeah. Is that coming through on the mic? That motorcycle? I don't think it might have. It might have. It's fine. Out on the garage where we record now, which starts to feel more and more like a garage, unless like a studio. All yeah. the time, um, the door when it's real windy will push inward, mm-hmm. and you'll notice too. Like if something catches the corner of your eye, 
where some light will peek through. Yeah. So stuff you can hear more of from outside. Nice. It's fun. Yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> I don't mind this studio space, but I miss having a room. <laughs> going back to the Starward, man, this is like... Night and day. This is like sticking your in your nose in a just a thing of candy, like chocolates. Yeah. That should, is nice. The I effed up, so why don't I use the same glass? Mm. Ooh, they are not kidding about salted go. caramel. Yeah, right? Ooh. It's good, right? I like that, but that <laughs> doesn't drink like a bourbon. Well, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's an Australian whiskey. That is good. Mm-hmm. It's like just toffee and salted caramel and... I don't get a whole lot of the like spiced fruit that they talk about on there. This is just all 100% sweet. It's so toffee heavy. This is like turtle cheesecake. Oh, absolutely. That, absolutely. That is good. <laughs> cheesecake factory, here we fan. go. <laughs> I like that. Hey, man. I'm down. Yeah. I'm totally down for that. So... I want to I want to talk about this before we kind of get into this episode's conversation. I have kind of over the past year, we we've we've done things in terms of content kind of in waves. Yeah. Right? Like we started out very like loose conversation based with, you know, something of a topic that we were going off of. And then, you know, it was, we would do that, but we would also veer off onto just talking about bourbon experiences or, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then basically over the last year, we took a hard left turn and we were just doing news unless there was a big topic that we, we needed to cover. And that's fine. Yeah. Well, but, I think towards the end of the year, too, there's so much news. As soon yeah. as, like, late summer hits, it's like, here's all the limited editions coming out. Yeah. And it's just, it's easy to get caught into that cycle of just news, news, news. Yeah. So, here, here's the thing. I was already kind of questionable about it when we were in the middle of doing it. But I also, I think it's time to leave that behind. Because yeah. I don't want us to be an, a headlines podcast, right? Where we read out the headlines and then we have short little conversations about it and then move on to the next topic. Because that's never what we've been about, right? No, no. We're about deep, meaningful conversation about the bourbon industry at large and the community. And so I want us to kind of take a step back and be more mindful about the conversations that we're having and kind of try to narrow it down to maybe no more than like three or four topics while taking the time to really branch out on one story yeah, and, and discuss that or one piece of news that's come out recently. And so we, you and I talked about this before. I'm, I'm saying this not so much to you as I am. Oh yeah. The, I'm the just, audience. I'm just saying like, yeah. And stuff to contribute <laughs> to the sound sonically, but I'm with you, man. Yeah. I'm with you. Like yeah. it, it's, I, I felt like this show kind of lost the authenticity that we had when we first started by just reading off headlines and going like, yep, that's that. Let's talk about the next thing. 
Like, that's fine. There's other places you can do that. You're going to see headlines all the daggum time. Instagram does a great job of that. Absolutely. Twitter does. Facebook does. So we're going to take a step back from doing that, not go as heavy into headline conversation and, you know, the hot news stuff. And I just I want us to kind of get back to what we used to do because we did it so well. And it's what brought people into the community of the podcast in the first place. Yeah. So I, I want us to, I just want us to go back to the way things were. A return to form. Absolutely. So the, the kind of theme that I want to touch on for this episode is celebrity status in bourbon. Okay. Right. Um, and, there's there's a big reason behind why I want to talk about this, and we'll get to it in, in just a minute. But I think that celebrities in bourbon have changed so much over the past year, two years, that even when we did our celebrity whiskey episode, like, was that last year mm-hmm. that we did that? Um, things have even changed since then. Yeah. Right? So... I, I want to have a, I want to talk about that some. I do want to talk about a couple of releases though that got announced over the the past week or so. Um, and actually, what's funny is they're both Jeffersons. Yeah, products. Jeffersons is really changing up their game. Man. They are. It's really interesting. So the the first one comes with their new single barrel, which you guys at Total Wine had a new single barrel. Yeah, hundred proof instead of ninety point two. Yeah. First off, who the heck does a 90.2 proof single barrel? Jefferson's. I know they do, but that is giving <laughs> you so much more work than just finding the level like 100. You yeah. know? 90.2 sounds like so much more effort mm-hmm. going into those products. I have not yet had the 100 proof product, but you've tried it. Yeah, it's I like it quite yeah. a bit. You, and you like it significantly better than the 90.2? Yeah, so Jefferson's has always had that thing where it's just like, I like it, it's fine, it's not offensive, it's got some good chocolate, a little spice, a little this, a little that, it's fine, you know? Uh, but I, I really, really delve into some of the barrel-proof offerings I've had from them, mostly the ocean barrel-proof offerings, and it gets you closer to that. Uh, sure. And, you know, being a single barrel, it's a little more, it's got some more character to it, so it, it just... I don't know. It was good. Yeah. Um, I think it was a good move on their part. I've got so many people that are coming in looking for, you know, proof hound-ish looking things, and they're <laughs> just wanting the highest proof they can get. Do you think it's worth it for <laughs> me to pick up a bottle of it? Uh, well, it's almost gone. Um, but in a... Forgetting that fact. Yeah. The next time I come into Total Wine, is it something that I should look at picking up a bottle? Yeah. Of? So I mean, just just look at it this way: like, there's been so many oceans that have come out that people have been overwhelmingly just eh on. Yeah. And uh, this, in my mind, is just as good as an ocean uh, release. And I mean, it's thirty bucks less. Okay. So I mean, that's a that okay value wise, that's perfectly great. That's I mean, a heck of a statement to make. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, there's also ocean releases that I would say wouldn't touch this, like ten, fantastic. Wouldn't touch this. Da-na. There you go. We're gonna get flagged. Yeah, for that perfect <laughs> replication of can't touch this. Absolutely. But no, like Jefferson's Ocean Voyage Ten, fantastic. 
I mean, it, it's one of the best ones I've had. The weeded one that came out, which was like 1918 something. I don't know. Yeah. One of those. Picks of those, fantastic. But there's there's also some that have come out that have just been not duds, just not my thing. Yeah. You know what's funny? I don't think that I have had a release of Jefferson's Ocean since Voyage 10 that I have liked as much as Voyage 10. It was just good. On, honestly. It's cast strength. Who's yeah. going to be mad at cast strength? Well, and they, they have other cast strength releases that have come out. Yes. But cast it's... strength does not make for a good bourbon all the time. <laughs> it, it doesn't, but I mean... I don't know. I, I just I like their their ocean stuff. Yeah. Uh, and if I can get it at cash strength, I usually buy one. No, I I agree. I agree. And I I would rather purchase that than the proof down version. Yeah. But truthfully, I just don't think that there's been anything from that that line since then. And and maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm wrong. But you have not been excited about Jefferson since their Twin Oak came out in. Trey Zoller really introduced you into a release you enjoyed. Here's yes, yes, yeah. I did, and and that was cool. I was excited that I got to sit down with Trey and and taste that. And I was so sick that day too. I shouldn't have even gone and done that interview. But <laughs> like I I just really really enjoyed that experience. But I enjoyed that product. Yeah, in and of itself, but I thought it was spectacular. I think that's why they're redoing part of the line. It's because they realize there's yeah. a lot of people that are in the same boat as you are. Yeah, they just haven't been excited about Jeffersons in a while, and the only thing keeping people buying their products is really uh, selects and ocean releases, and it's for the person that's got one through however many are released currently. Look, to to be fair to those who are opposed to Jeffersons vocally mm -hmm. are so vocally outspoken yeah they are Pe people like uh lloyd christmas on twitter I, I, he just hates jefferson's and it's not just because of the product in the bottle it's because of how they go about the process of the lack of info the lack of info you know the the marketing behind it and everything people and, and you know to his to his point, and to be very fair, yeah, there is a level of transparency that should be present with this distillery, but at the same time, maybe let them be a little bit. <coughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jefferson's has been one of those people. If you're gonna, you know, if that's the sword you're gonna die on. That you're gonna keep everything secret. Yeah, absolutely. Then then let them do it because they're yeah. making good stuff, and there's no there's no point to argue. Like we even today on the barrel pick I went on, you know how when New Riff they give you like the little sheet and they're like, <clears throat> pick these ten, you know, or pick like six or so that you want brought out, and everyone gets so tied up and like, I want this barrel. I bet the one we just tasted is blank barrel. Like those are the people that want more transparency because they want to know the the whole story before they pick. Yeah, Trey Zoller is the guy that goes in and basically just says. I'm going to try six of these barrels, and whichever one I like, I'm getting. I don't yeah. care if it's the lowest proof. I don't care if it's the one that I thought I was going to like the most. I don't care if it matches up with which one has the tasting notes on here. If good whiskey is good whiskey, I'm putting it out. I respect that. Yeah. Everyone's still going to play that guessing game. It's oh, MGP. For sure. It's, in, it's for sure. Spartan. It's this, it's that. It's, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I don't, I don't 
know, of course, what their numbers look like in terms of moving product. But I will say there are still ardent supporters of Jefferson's and they'll pick up that small batch and they'll pick up the special small batch or whatever the next one up is called or you know what I mean? Like there's, there's all those weird little releases, but you know, I I mean, there, there are just people who have kind of fallen for it and that's fine. I'm not trying to knock them by any means, but you know, it's just, it's just not for me. I would really like to do uh picks of like a chef's collaboration. Oh, dude. Just any for it doesn't sure. Like if if they would allow them to do what uh they're doing with Heaven's Door, what's it called? Is it Heaven's Door? The Bob Dylan whiskey? Yeah. Yeah. Heaven's Door. They're they're doing um something called a Highway 61 blend now where oh, you yeah, can go right. in and basically create your own blend. And I think that would be pretty cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so what are the two releases? Well, the other one, I so the the 100 proof is the first one. The other proof, one yeah. is actually their first rye whiskey in 13 years. Yes. That's been released. Yeah. Um, finished in cognac. Interesting choice. Con- cognac or cognac casks? Oh, yeah. It's cognac casks. It'd be funny if they just were like, ah, we're going to finish it. And they just dump it into a vat of cognac. It's like, buddy, that's not rye finished in cognac. That's a <laughs> whiskey specialty, according to the TTB, or spirit yeah. specialty, or whatever you're, you want to call it. You're getting awful close to some Basil hayden stuff. <laughs> I need you to calm it down. But it's, it's crazy. Yeah, so 25 years, basically, since Jefferson's has been around. Mm-hmm. And this is their second second rye release first one was in 2008 <laughs> maybe he's just not a rye guy I, I don't know i mean truly who knows he may just not want to put out a younger rye like a lot of people have been doing yeah there's not really a whole lot of info on this one either <sighs> speaking of shocker yeah <laughs> speaking of transparency um but it's been finished for nine months in cognac casks. That's significant. That's a long time. Yeah. I bet you it's going to be smooth. <laughs> yeah, that or it's going to be reminiscent of Cavassier, one of the two. Who oh, knows? Yeah. Uh, 94 proof, 70 bucks a bottle. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I want to try it. I'm interested in trying it. Yeah. I think that it's worth <laughs> it's worth the try. Absolutely. But I think it would be nice to see Jefferson's do more than just their bourbon releases. And sure, yeah, they do have the the Chef's collab, which have they really had a, a an expression of that come out since 2018? Yeah. Have they really? Jeez. Oh, had it on the shelf last week. But is it a new version no. of it? No. No, it's the same one. So what's the point? Just put out more of it. It's the same. I'm assuming they're using the same ratio, and they're just making more of the same. I thought they'll look into that a little bit. Yeah, more. I don't know, but there's, there's more coming out all the time. Yeah. Fair enough. It's great stuff. Uh, yeah, just I would like to see more of that. Yeah. You know, I I think it's it's getting more popular. I mean, the yeah. old Tar or William Tar or whatever it is. Yeah, William, they, William Tar. Yeah. Yeah, William Tar's doing it. You know, they're old BT. they're blending. <laughs> Bill Tar. Bill Tar. <laughs> Billiam Tar. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, but so I wanna I wanna get into this 
this topic at hand. Let's do it. As it were. So the big news of this past week has been the release of the High Angel Share bourbon from Old Forester. Is that the same as a short barrel? Wouldn't it be? Yeah. I just, I mean, I'm confused. If they're the same terminology, can you just pick one? I guess High Angel Share sounds cooler, but I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to... Short implies lesser than. What's wrong with short, Perry? (laughs) Swan, (laughs) you're making me answer questions on here that I don't want to dive into. We are not... This is not the format... This is not the forum, is what I meant to say. This is not the place for that kind of debauchery. All right. High angel share. Let's go. Let's, uh... <laughs> Hard left turn. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, it, it is a short barrel, essentially. Yeah. Um, And it's the first bourbon in Old Forester's lineup that bears the signature of a woman. Yeah. It's Jackie's I Can who is their master taster. Who has needed to have her signature on the, the birthday bourbon for years, at yes. least in my opinion. Yes. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I think to some degree, Marianne Eve should have had her name on products when she was there. Because yeah. the, uh, the, the Bottled and Bond bourbon that came out in the Whiskey Rose series, that was her baby. Yeah. Truly, that was the first product that she really put out mm-hmm. when she was working for, for Brown Foreman. Old Forester. So uh, let's let's talk about the technical stuff behind this first. Yeah. Right? Uh, 110 proof. They've got tasting notes. I guess we'll go through them. Ugh. <laughs> I hate tasting notes. They're subjective. They bug they bug me. They and and they've bugged me more recently than they ever have before, which I it, I don't know why I took such a hard turn and a hard stance on them. But <laughs> Apparently, I feel this way. You fight anyway, that fight, buddy. I'm, I'm going to stand. I saw somebody recently say, if you don't stand for. Oh, oh, what was it? If you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. I was like, shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Standing's hard. I don't want to do it. I love sitting. Yeah. Sitting's my jam. Anyway, Aroma. Bold with rich caramel, toasted coconut, dried cranberry, and dark brown sugar amongst a background of intense intense oak spice. Excuse me. Taste, full-bodied. <laughs> Jeez, I, that's not a tasting note. That's a mouthfeel. Mm, yeah. Opens with molasses and dense dessert elements, then trails into anise and celery seed. Celery seed sounds something very much in the, the, uh, the realm of Jackie's I Can well, flavors. In- yeah, go ahead and finish it. I've got some yeah. comments on her tasting notes she puts out. Sure. Finish extensive, full palate with roaring spice, roasted coffee, and black pepper. Yeah. Now, I mean, it he, sounds good. Yeah. Except Bef- for the celery seed. Before you jump into your thing about her tasting notes, mm-hmm. I want to add something about this, too. We get ridiculed by people who are not bourbon drinkers for saying things that indicate a level of understanding and knowledge about bourbon tasting notes that most people don't get. Yeah. This is very common when you talk about somebody like Fred Minnick with the marzipan note. 
And, I, and, yeah. and people just went, what the heck's marzipan? It was the 21st century. When he said that, everybody had Google basically on their phone. Go look it up. You know? I mean, do your research. It's easier to be mad and just not. <laughs> yeah, we make fun of it because marzipan's a funny word. Not because I think Fred's is. stupid. Like, it's just... Have you ever had marzipan? Yeah, actually It's just almond butter. Yeah, it's It's fantastic. delicious. I love almond butter. It's one of mm-hmm. my favorite flavors. But here, here's, here's the thing. I get it. I get why people hate on us for deep diving into products and giving tasting notes. Because it does feel uppity at times, and it does feel slightly elitist. On the other hand, for people who are trying to expand their palates, or the range of flavors that they can detect, it's not that we are geared more towards that, but we are... We, we gear ourselves towards everybody by, yes, giving tasting notes for the people who are more interested in that, but also giving just a review and saying, this is what I think of these different aspects, and value probably is the one that people take into the most consideration. Yeah, and there's also things, too, that, like, if you read somebody's tasting notes, and you were just, like, for me, I love pecan pie. If someone says that they get a pecan pie note on a bourbon, I'm buying it, regardless of price. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those deals. If something in the tasting note speaks to you, that's mm-hmm. a that's a great indicator that maybe I'm going to enjoy that. And to kind of transition into my point about Jackie's Eye Cans Yeah, notes, please, please. It's, I've, we've, we've put it out there plenty of times. I am not the biggest Brown Foreman fan, and neither are you. It's not always your favorite. Speaking of Brown Foreman, let's kill off this old Forster well, signature let's, let's while go. we're... <laughs> Um, that being said, a lot of the tasting notes I get, I, I argue so heavily, and I think I've already done that in this podcast, that it's subjective. It is. And it's very subjective, except for Jackie's eye cans. That woman's palate is phenomenal. It is. It is insane how much she can pull out of a bourbon. And legitimately, without talking to me, without watching any YouTube videos, without anything, I can like read her tasting notes and find probably 90%, which is a very high percentage for most tasting notes that yeah. you read, in the bourbon. And specifically with Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. That being said, don't always love it. Celery seed, not my thing. Heavy coffee note, getting there, still not great on it. Star anise, not really a big thing that I want. I'm not in love with a lot of the releases she puts out, but is she wrong? Absolutely not. Would you argue, from your point of view, that Jackie has a bad palate? And I don't mean that she's bad at tasting notes. I mean that her preferences are different from yours. Yes, I think her preferences are completely different. But would you go so far as to call it a bad palate? No one has a bad palate. Okay. Not a single person has a bad palate. That's... Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's definitely people that just have palates that are different. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. there's some people that... And you, you pointed this out. There's some people that are very comfortable with making fun of, like, tasting notes because they're likely in that spot of, this is good bourbon, this is bad bourbon. That's it. If that's as you know as dense as your palate wants to get, is just the good bad. That's how you want to separate it. You you can still drink bourbon and your palate's not bad. It's just not experienced. Well, I okay. Yes, I okay. Sorry, <laughs> I would say yes and no. 
to that point. Yeah. Here's here's the the reason that I mainly am disagreeing with you. I don't think that we can whittle it down to an experience thing. I think that it has to be talked about more as preference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because people maybe just want to enjoy their glass of beam white label without constantly sitting down, breaking down the notes and, you know, trying to elevate their experience in that way. I mean, there's people that make a Jack and Coke every night. Exactly. They call it a day. Yeah. And, and all power to them. I don't care. You do what you do what you want. Mm-hmm. If you got the best bourbon in the world and you put it into a Coke, you got the best bourbon and Coke in the world. Thank you, Booker. No. Anyway, <laughs> but the, that that's just kind of the the one thing that I would disagree with you on is that I think that I, I don't think that it's for us to say that somebody is just inexperienced. I mean, I just meant like more of we experience a lot of bourbons, so I feel like we've got more. Oh, OK. Yeah. No, I'm not Sorry, saying son. like, no, I, that's that's my fault. But I mean, we get you know, a media sample to try or samples from friends. Yeah. And I mean, we have like, this is terrible, but like probably 400 bottles of whiskey between the two of us, if not just here. And then I've got like probably 200 in my house, but we swap samples so <laughs> I much. Have, I haven't counted in a long time. Yeah. I'm scared too. But we, we swap <laughs> samples so much that it's great. Yeah. There's just so many people that experience wise, they're cool with getting Jim Beam White Label, Maker's Mark, and then occasionally Old Forester Signature, and they call it a day. Or Woodford Reserve. Woodford, if you're feeling fancy. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's that's about it. That's, they don't really... Y'all got any of them Woodfords here? You got any of them Woodfords? <laughs> Shout out Cletus. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> oh, also, it's $50 a bottle. That's a great deal it for is. this proof. It is. I, I'm, honestly... Yeah, I don't fully get... I'm not fully on board with the tasting notes and all that. But here's the thing. I'm going to pick up a bottle of this. Yeah. I'm 100% going to buy a bottle of this. I think it's a sexy looking bottle. It's got a great label. It's really a nice kind of throwback to those kind of Prohibition era Old Forester labels, pre-Prohibition era Old Forester labels. Yeah. That just... I, I love. I think they look so cool. And so classy. Too, yeah, especially for that era. But here's what I really want to talk about. There is this persistent notion that I am sick and freaking tired of, man, that women have not been integral in the, the development, the history, and the pursuit of good bourbon. I mean, it's just straight up false. It like, is. Yeah. It is. And I I applaud Old Forester for doing this. I think it's great. By yeah. all means, you should be giving Jackie's Icon a brand. Yeah. Because she's she's been with the company forever. <laughs> she has brought them back to a level of prominence and recognition that truly I don't think that they had uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. And she's she's just awesome. I mean, she's really cool. I'm very fortunate that I got to sit down with her at Bourbon and Beyond a couple of years ago, back yeah. in 2019. Um, and I haven't had the chance to do a full interview with her yet. But I, I, I would like to soon. 
I'm just so sick and tired of that that feeling, that notion that women aren't doing anything in the industry or haven't done anything in the industry. And I'll I'll, I'll give direct evidence of this too. Uncle Nearest, which was founded by Fawn Weaver, yeah, is now the top-selling African-American owned whiskey brand. That is phenomenal. Yeah. Right? But <laughs> and this this is an entirely different conversation too. I'm tired of the the oh, I don't see race people. The yeah. I don't see race conversations. That's not what it's about. <laughs> you should recognize people and what they're going through. Yeah. You know, you're not colorblind. You're just never mind. Anyway, this is a major milestone, and especially a major milestone for a female in the industry, mm-hmm. right? But and I feel I feel like it's coming off like I'm trying to de-advocate for women in the industry, which is not it at all. But I think that we're ignoring the greater narrative that women have been and will always be a driving force in the bourbon industry. Yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts? Am I going to no, too all over the place with I, it? I mean, I just feel like a lot of the time, at least from my perspective, anyone that's idolized in the bourbon industry is typically just some older guy that's been doing it forever. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where, I mean, you see all those pedigree brands. It's there's never, you know, usually a female propped up as like a, this is the, you know, a head person at this distillery. Um, but there's so much that's put out uh, right now that's just amazing product, uh, backed up by female, you know, master tasters, master maturators, uh, distillers. I mean, there. I mean, look at Jephthah Creed. I mean, their their entire brand. I mean, it's very female driven. Uh, and they do a great job. And I found out the other day they're about to start doing single barrels. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, very limited amounts. But uh, that, that'll be coming sometime either, like, I think they said later this year or early next year. Um, but it's it's just sad that they don't get the same level of recognition. And to be yeah. quite honest with you, every person I've had bourbon with, as far as palate-wise goes, you want to talk about having a bad palate, Sarah puts me to shame. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She does, man. Same here. Like, in, same here. I mean, if you look at like the you know flipping it over to like the the Scotch world too, men typically prefer that kind of sherry bomb, easy like one note, just kind of easy sipper, and women go for that smoky, peaty, scotchy stuff. On average, it's not everybody, but I mean that's th- th- those are the complex, hard to wrap your head around whiskeys and. You know, I mean, people are really, really overlooking the fact that that's not just like a Ron Swanson-esque character that's the only person that drinks those. Yeah. Like, it is it is a large group of people that do it, both male and female. Yeah. And, and they overlook that. Same with bourbon. We got the same problem here. Barrel proof. Oh, that's a man's drink. No, it's everyone who wants to drink it. And honestly, <laughs> there's probably a female that made this stuff. That's looking at you like, mm, I cut that down to 115. It was 133, and I drank it like it was water. It's not just a man's drink, man. It's just, it's it's crazy that they just don't get the same level of recognition. And to be honest with you, I love that her signature's on this bottle, but she deserves way more than that. 
That's, that's, yeah, absolutely. Old Forester needs to plaster her everywhere. She yeah. should be the poster child for that brand. Yeah, I, I think that she serves so much more now as a brass, brass ambassador, is what I was about to say. Sounds good. A brand ambassador as much as she does a, a master taster. Yeah. Because she's full of charisma. She's full of passion for the industry as well. When you see her at events, you're drawn to her because of her energy, right? And that is like everything that you want in a brand ambassador. Yeah. You want somebody who gets you excited about their product. You want somebody who's going to hype it up and make you want to revisit it and go buy a bottle or, or spend the time to learn more about their products. Yeah. And she does all that. And she does it exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. She gets me excited about Old Forester, and I'm not a big Old Forester fan. Yeah. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here I am. I just, just, like... I just said I'm going to buy a bottle of this new Old Forester product because that, that's how convinced I am that I need to get one. Yeah. And I mean, I think every brand should should look at, you know, hyping up their master distiller as much as they can. I mean, with the exception of Buffalo Trace, because I've seen interviews with Harlan Wheatley and he's such a nice guy in person. But man, you put him in front of a camera. It's like just not not his not his place. Do you think do you think that we should make any attempt to get Harlan on the show? You know, I no, I I love I love their brand, but have you watched interviews with him? It's I, honest, very, I honestly haven't. It's very much he is just like the quiet wizard of the industry. He just does his thing, and he's damn good at it. But yeah. you interview him, and it's just like, eh, this is not where I'm supposed to be. That's like, very, like, soft-spoken no. <laughs> like, just buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were, like, talking me off a ledge there for a second, it felt like. Yeah, but, I mean... Not not everybody's hyping their their master distillers up like they did Marianne Eves, and they should, they should. When she first got there, they they put her on blast everywhere. Yes, and I there was more people following her than Castle and Key for Castle and Key news. Yeah, right. Well, let's let's talk about Marianne for a second as well, yeah. because this kind of transitions into what I was talking about towards the beginning of the episode, and that's bourbon celebrities. Yeah. So. I think that the celebrities of bourbon, by the way, what do you think about the old Forrester signature? It's fine. It's fine. I like getting cocktails. I'm not yeah, a huge I do fan too. of just drinking it straight. I would still take the, uh, the hundred proof rye. I, over. I, I would agree I'm, if I'm drinking it straight, if I'm yes. mixing it, this splash of orange liqueur filled with L8 killer. Can't beat it. That's been like my go-to drink recently. Yeah, I saw too. the orange liqueur in your kitchen, man. I yeah. know exactly what you're. Doing. I need I need to get another bottle of it too. It's only what like seven dollars at Total Wine. Yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier in the episode with celebrities in bourbon, and I think that bourbon celebrities have kind of transcended the community, as it were, at this point. Yeah, and. It almost feels like Marianne was the first of that new guard in some ways. Am I forgetting somebody? No. I think as unfortunate as it is, when they kind of see that a master of stillers at the end of their line, they start doing releases with their names on it and really hyping them up. And, you know, they become more of a fixture at the distillery as opposed to somebody that's constantly working. Like, I mean, look at 
look at the the Russell family. I mean, he's there every Saturday to see everything, but he's still he's still kicking, he's still doing his thing, but I mean, he he is a he's more of like he is wild turkey now. Yeah. Just like some of those celebrities kind of get ingrained with their brand. Like they don't need any celebrity endorsement. They've already they've already got it with the Russells. And it, it's the same with uh, Al Young. I mean, they I've been thinking about Al recently. Yeah, Alan, Alan brought him up on last week's episode, and it, it just like I was like, oh, Al Young. <laughs> they did that huge tribute bottle to him, and yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, great whiskey, absolutely. Uh, but they they do those tributes like sometimes almost when it's a little too late, mm-hmm. and it's just strange to me. And I mean, you don't always get that opportunity. I mean, look at Dave Pickerel. Gosh, yeah. I haven't thought about Dave in a while either. Yeah, that, but that just—I don't want to get sad now. But Dave, but yeah, Dave was a—he was so much more than just a distiller. He was like an expert brand revivalist. Just—that's <laughs> a heck of a business card. Yeah, because he would literally just go to defunct brands and help bring them back, yeah. or he would go to small distilleries and be like, "Listen." do this, this, and this, here's the guideline, and all of a sudden you're going to be huge. And it worked for so many people. Yeah. I mean, look at, uh, he did the Blackened stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Before he passed away. Yeah. And I I would not have cared otherwise. But I, everyone I know has tried Blackened. <laughs> I mean, I'd give it, I would have given it a shot just because of Metallica. Yeah. As well. But I get what you're saying. I get, I get what you're saying. Here's, here's where this conversation kind of, takes a turn as well the celebrities of the whiskey world are becoming more and more prominent as whiskey becomes more popular right yeah. i would even throw fawn weaver in there mm-hmm. i mean she she is now very well known for uncle nearest yeah i mean she was on the today show with al roker like that's i mean not that al roker is the gatekeeper for Who's who's famous or popular. Yeah. But, I mean, he's still, like... I mean, that's nothing to wipe your nose at. Yeah. It's not. Blow your nose at? I don't know the phrase. Doesn't matter. But we're also seeing more and more of celebrities who are more mainstream trying to get into this in whatever method that they can. Yeah. The most recent ones that come to mind... Terry Bradshaw, of course. Yeah. Um, and this, Jamie Foxx. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. Um, he apparently now has a, I think it's a brown sugar bourbon. Yeah, there it is. Um, and he he doesn't just, he's not just associated with this brand. He actually owns it. Mm, he okay. bought this brand. It's Washington based. Okay. <laughs> Do what you want, man. Go out, be Matthew McConaughey, you know, get involved with a brand, try to like shave it how you want, show them off. But in some ways I feel like this is treading on sacred ground. <laughs> Well, I mean, you got. <laughs> Am I wrong with, with no, that feeling? No, bourbon is such a heritage-oriented thing that they don't. Yeah. This the celebrity endorsement thing doesn't do well, uh, as much as it does in like say tequila, gin, um, 
Heck, even the other day, that Travis Scott, uh, you know, a rapper, put out an endorsement for some uh, cacti seltzers. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah, they sell for like thirteen ninety nine for a pack, can, but can you can also... flip them on secondary for ninety dollars. That's stupid. But, that is so dumb. But celebrity endorsement works in those categories. It does. It does. That's fair. Heritage brands oriented stuff like bourbon and scotch, they don't tend to work very well unless it's like. Nick Offerman with Lagavulin, or it's, uh, you know, a, 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 some band that, you know, is making something that's completely new. It, does, it doesn't look yeah. like a heritage brand. But if you take somebody and you're like, okay, Four Roses, and then we're going to get, let's see, uh, 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 Tom Cruise, and then just put them together. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't blend well. Keep that man far away from my whiskey. Yeah, but that's the thing is everyone has that same gut response. And we even said yeah. when Long Branch came out, we discussed gimmicks in, in detail. We yeah, we did. Um, and that, it shows. Because just the other day, the rep came in and he was putting little neck tags on all the Long Branch. And I'm just like, how much is it off? And he's like, oh, uh, I've got the $2 coupons, but for the Long Branch, there's a $10 off coupon. And I'm like, What? Why are we taking ten dollars off Long Branch? <laughs> Nobody's buying it. Like it's just, it just doesn't sell. Like I, I don't know. It doesn't sell like it does in some other brands or some other spirits. Yeah. Um, what does sell, however, and this is another kind of realm of celebrity whiskey, is stuff like this, where we have people that are big in the bourbon community finally making their own products. Yeah, that stuff does phenomenally well. Yeah. Um, which I said this and pointed at it as if we're not, you know, we're, we're recording this, we're not. But uh, it's the Pursuit United stuff. I mean, they, they've they done great with this. It's sold out on Sealbox, and people are coming in buying that stuff like it's going out of style. I need to get another bottle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, barrel picks have been infinitely popular from yeah. certain people, um, including Chad and Sarah. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, I mean, it's even ours. Ours you know, sold relatively quick. Uh, and we're not celebrities by any means, but just people that are ingrained in the community. I can't leave the house without getting smart. That's not true at all. I can't even make a joke about that. It feels gross. It does feel kind of gross. <laughs> uh, just grimy. Yeah, but Ugh. Ugh. any sort of following, like Mash and Drum could literally come out and be like, hey, I'm doing some barrel picks in association with whoever. Yeah. And they would sell out. They sell quick. They really do. Um, I'd like to see more of that than just regular celebrities being brought in or people that are already in the bourbon industry that, in my mind, deserve celebrity status like Jaggy's I can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it, I, I, I do think that we are going to see more celebrities getting involved in the bourbon scene over time. Espe- I mean, like, and I say over time, I mean that in a much more immediate sense. I don't think that that's like a 10-year thing. I think it's probably within the next couple of years. I just we'll hope some... it's done well. I agree. Because I've I agree. yet to see it done in a way that genuinely excites me to go buy the product. Um, yeah. So much of that isn't made for us, though. It's not. You know? And, and again, we'll go back to Long Branch as an example. That That product is just not made for the two of us. No. It's just not. You know, I, I mean, it, it's it's for people who are hunting the smooth experience. Yeah. 
or looking for, you know, just, just the name recognition. And, and to his credit, Matthew McConaughey, by introducing a product like Long Branch, is doing a lot of legwork to get people excited about Wild Turkey in general. He is. Because, and, and you know what's funny? We, we talked about this on the, my live stream with the guys from Speakeasy Wisconsin. This is, uh, we're, we're, we're in an era where people are either just totally ignoring bourbon or whiskey that they drank in college because they had a bad experience with it, or now they're coming back to it and revisiting it and going, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah. Right? So that's what I mean. That he's, by, by introducing this brand, he is essentially working to revive Wild Turkey as a, a, a product of recognition. That's fair. You know, and, and it's not just for bourbon drinkers. It's for people who just like Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. You know? Who are just like, oh, well, if Matthew McConaughey likes whiskey or likes bourbon from Wild Turkey, I'm going to go drink some bourbon from Wild Turkey because Matthew McConaughey likes it. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. And I don't have any problem with that. No. I know it's a little frustrating for, for those of us who are more in the scene. You know, the only thing I've genuinely been frustrated by it was that Walking Dead bourbon. Well, yeah, that's just because that was a bad product. It was a bad product. That, I mean... That was a marketing gimmick, much like the uh, the the guys from was it True Blood, who were putting out uh, or or um, Vampire Diaries. Is that is that what it was like? Ian Summerhalder and the other guy. I don't even know. I don't know. But but they were. I mean, like that's that's more driven by celebrity status. Yeah. Than anything. I don't know if you put out a good whiskey and you're celebrity. I'd rather just think of it as good whiskey. I don't think it needs the endorsement. I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't know what Mila Kunis did for Jim Beam when she was on all those commercials. I still don't want to go buy Jim Beam Vanilla. That was her big commercial that she did. I just don't. You know? Yeah. I'll drink drink Baker's, Booker's, uh, Jim Beam Single Barrel. The Double Oak is tasty. Bonded's great. Yeah. I don't really need a commercial for it or an endorsement. No. But, um, again, we're not the target audience. No. We are definitely not. We are definitely not. The, the point in all of this is just, I, I, we've gone off in many different tangents. And by no means am I frustrated by the level of recognition that women are getting now in the bourbon industry. I want to see more of it. But I also don't want it to be introduced as a thing that is this new revolution. You know, talk to somebody like Peggy No Stevens. Yeah. Who has been doing bourbon women for 20 years now. Right? 20 years? 10 yeah. years? 20 years. I apologize. It was 10 years. 10 years. 2011 is when bourbon women was founded. But, I mean, she'll just be straight up and say, you know, it's it's nothing new. The recognition is, you know, well-deserved. Yeah. But, you know, women didn't get into the bourbon industry at the start of the boom or in the middle of the boom. They've always been there. They've always been there. They've always been there. Yeah. So, but in the other thing too, celebrities are not bad for bourbon, and bourbon celebrities are not bad for bourbon. But if they are handled the wrong way, and as we start to see more celebrities get involved with bourbon, 
I mean, it's diminishing returns. We could very well just see. I mean, what, what if Jack Harlow gets involved with a brand? Yeah, who knows? It could be a mess. It if he's be. a new, if he's a new brand ambassador for Maker's Mark, and he just turns everything on its head, please go watch some interviews with that man. It is <laughs> or, strange, or don't. They're <laughs> very bizarre. They are really, really strange. And I was not ready. <laughs> I was not ready for anything that Swan showed me before we got to recording. Yeah, but anyway, any closing thoughts? No, not really. I mean, I think we've said it all. I think I, so too. Yeah. You know what we haven't said? Uh, a review. America. Oh, yep. Now, if you listen really closely when you pop a cork, you can hear um, Matt Porter shed a single tear off in the distance. Oh, can you now? You can. Because he is a big old crybaby. <laughs> I can't even finish that joke. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to continue to give Matt a little bit of crap uh, because on his recent um, episode of ADHD Whiskey, he forgot to mention me in a list of folks that he wanted to do a new video for this topic that he did. And he acknowledged that he forgot to mention me. Mm. So I'm going to continue to give him crap for forgetting to mention me. You do it. So, sucked in, Matt. <laughs> anyway, so we are today reviewing a product from the Michter's Distillery. I think this might be our first Michter's review. We may have done Michter's 10 at some point. Um, way, way, way back in the day. Way back. Probably within, like, early first 100 episodes. Michter's is hard to get your hands on. It is. Very difficult. Is. The regular releases are great. Um, mm -hmm. I actually prefer their American whiskey they put out with the blue label mm. i like that one quite mm -hmm. a bit so this is a single barrel at 108.2 proof barrel number nobody cares about that 19k2131 it's a 2020 release 2020 okay so it's not even 2021 mm -hmm. interesting so if you have that single barrel drink We're along with that. us yeah go cool. look at it this nose is amazing you know what? Also, this might be my first Michter's single barrel barrel strength that I've ever had. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever even tried it. I love their else. bottle. I do too. Yeah, it's so unique. It is subtle. It's just mm -hmm. nice. It's a better design than the new Knob Creek single barrel bottle. Can you can you leave it alone? No, it sucks, and it's gonna screw up my entire organization system. <laughs> I I like that. I do too. I think it's a little understated. Um, I think part of that is just the proof. Where I mean, yes, it is barrel strength, but 108 is not crazy high. No, it's like new riff barrel proof. It is. Yeah, I I am kind of getting some some darker notes. But it's almost like, it's almost like somebody who like hands a, puts dollar bill out in front of you and like you go to get it and they just yank it away from you. It's like the T. It's like oh, it's almost there. Like I almost got it. And it's like I said, it's present, but it's just not as well presented, I guess, as I would like for it to be. I disagree. I think it's. Presented. You like the subtlety? Yeah. Huh. 
It's just got a nice little bit of honey, some like burnt orange peel. Honey is the first thing that I picked up on with this. Yeah. And then brown sugar kind of popped out at me. Brown sugar. Yeah. It's almost like a little bit of like a marmalade kind of thing going on. Oh, 100%. It's nice. It is. Mulling spices. I'm, I'm speaking slightly poorly of it, and I don't mean to because I really, really enjoy this nose. I, I also have uh, started with some of the lower proof ones, like twisting it in the glass like this, so that you get it all the way up towards the top. And these hmm. real oily ones, you can kind of, it just opens it up a little. Speaking of oily, whew, that is a heck of a mouthfeel. Mm. Oh man, that's good. That's beautiful. It really is. It's really like delicate it is <laughs> hmm something go down the wrong way no i'm just thinking about it real hard oh okay it's oh man it's like coating my gums even. it's it's like exactly what i just said on the nose on the palate there's like no deviation no whatsoever. i 100% agree with you that is nice i like that that is a very cohesive thing. I think the finish is a little light. The finish is a little light. I think we're also just used to 120 proof. We are. Yeah. We are. But, I mean, there's still really good sub-120, 110 proof whiskeys that have a lot to be said about their finishes. Yeah. The finish is a little light. I'd, I would like just a little bit more. I don't even know the age on this. Do you know kind of ballpark what this might be? Mm-mm. Let's do a little quick... A little quick Googling. I'm like letting this sit for a while too on my palate because it's so mouth coating. Yeah, a little tan and heavy. Got that a little bit of a drying effect to it. That's just delicious. It really is. It almost tastes like a like that smoke that they put into a cocktail. It's got a little bit of that in it. Oh yeah. Have we ever talked about my father in law's homemade uh scotch? No. It's really bizarre. So he had a, a group of guys coming over who were mainly scotch drinkers, and he mostly just had bourbon. So what he did was he took liquid smoke, and he blended it with some bourbon, and basically faked a peated scotch with it. Uh. <laughs> Um, I am struggling to find an age on this. Michter's is another one of those companies that does not divulge a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, they do age statements on ones they want you to know how old they are, and that is it. <laughs> yeah. They don't do much else. You know what's funny? Um, I, I always forget about the low barrel entry proof Yeah, on Michter's. It's like 103. So I'm, I'm not entirely surprised that... It's only 108. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of their single barrel barrel strengths run at about 107. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's good, man. It's just really good. I like it. I, I think uh, I would love for this to be a pick that you could do. Oh, 100%. But I just don't think they have that kind of stock. 
No. Um, and they do a really good job of like putting these out in a limited quantity so that people are excited about them. They're special releases, and people like are really big fans of this stuff when it comes out, and for good reason, you know. And it, it also helps them with uh, pricing. Like their distillery, when you visit, it's not cheap. Yeah. Uh, a lot of their stuff's marked up pretty heavy. I'm gonna go and do one of those single barrel rise. At the distillery. Oh, the the port whatever that you actually like pour yeah. yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. I shouldn't cool. want to. I mean, it's it. You know, everybody else is going to have basically the same bottle, but so? I just, I like. I just really want it. Yeah. <laughs> I just gotta have it, man. I just like the idea of you pulling the big lever and going, "Look, Lucy, I'm a master distiller today," and then just like pulling the lever over and over again. <laughs> you know, dude. My luck though is I would do that as a joke or as a bit a couple of times. And the thing would just break. Yeah. And then I'd have to pay $12,000 for an entire barrel. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know that would be me. Yeah. That would definitely be you. That would, yeah, be, that that would you... be my daughter's first memory of me, too. That or you'd pull the lever, and it's you were the one that it emptied out on. So, like, oh, got to swap the keg. <laughs> and then it takes, like, an hour wait. for them to pull one from the warehouse and then tap it with the keg and yeah you're like i'm on a real tight schedule here guy like yeah <laughs> no it's, I, it's nap time for eden i've yet to have a mictor's product i dislike i like their sour mash their rye is a little underwhelming but makes a fantastic cocktail how, how is their barrel strength oh you know what i've had their uh um their single barrel rye mm-hmm. now that i think about it that's yeah. so good it's Actually, all good yeah i got to try that with iverson a yeah. long time ago. It is all good. Their their tenure, fantastic. Yeah, Can't it's go the, wrong yeah, with it's it. the tenure single barrel ride that I was talking about. Yeah, that oh, oh, that was almost like I almost think about that in the same way that I do Booker's Rye. Yeah, because it's so limited, and it's just so unique into itself. I love it, man. I it is it. they it's they do stuff. a fantastic job of having a brand that puts out just a bunch of nice core products with very good limited releases that aren't bonkers as far yeah. as like when i buy it i don't feel like i got ripped off yeah absolutely they're pricey but every yeah. time i've enjoyed it for the price i bought this it one at. was 85 dollars. yeah so it's good i don't i'm not upset with the price no um i i i, I mean I, I think it could probably exist a little bit lower 65 might be slightly more appropriate for it, maybe well, it, seventy. It's got that like limited edition tax. It does. It does. That, yeah. That's that's a good point. It's that's a sixty dollar really bourbon with that twenty dollar. Oh, we got you. It only gets put out twice a year, or like once a year. How many did you guys have at the store? Thirty bottles. And I got one of the last two. Yeah. That's quick. Mm-hmm. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit of a hug on it. So yeah. I guess the finish isn't. I mean, it's not absent it's just i'm just missing a little bit it's not in your face with it i'm even getting a little bit of coffee on the back end Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah so do you want to go ahead and uh, put our reviews down for this one yeah so Uh, we have a review system of nose palette finish and price each category is out of five and final score out of 20 what would you give the nose on this mictor's barrel strength swanee i'm gonna give it a four I'm actually going to give it a four as well. And and in that same vein, 
I'm going to give the palette a four. Yeah, because they're the same. They're exactly the same. Yeah. They present themselves exactly in the same way. You're not left going, I wonder what happened to that note. Or where did, where did that come from? I mean, it, it's, it's very straightforward. It does it exceptionally well. And I, I think that it's, I, th- I just think it's really good. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's on that kind of A tier level in this case. It what is. A, what about the, uh, what about the finish? Uh, the finish, I gave a three. It's, yeah. It's, it's the lacking portion of this. It's got some nice notes, but there's no like nice transition to a finish or like a linger. It's just, a, it's one of those where it's like, it's a really, really good complex couple of notes for the nose exact same for the palette and then it just tapers off yeah which is fine some people like that they don't want bourbon to stick with them but it's a barrel proof that's kind of what i expect out of that offering i agree i I would like to see a little bit more present with uh the the finish given that it is a cast strength offering it's still there i'm still getting like i'll say the one thing that i'm getting on the finish that i wasn't really getting on the palette is a graham cracker note Mm-hmm. Like graham crackers and honey. Don't know how that happened. Here's here's where the <laughs> the value of the price gets a little bit tricky. Yeah. So yes, it's a single barrel. Yes, it's a limited release. But basically, for the same price, you could get two bottles of rare breed. Yeah, you could. You know, um, higher proof. Probably in the same age range. I'm guessing this is about eight to ten years. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm struggling to really place it, but I I think that a good conservative estimate would be about ten years old. Um, I'd say probably nine times out of ten, I would be more inclined to pick up two bottles of rare breed at this price yeah knowing how good this product is in the bottle though is giving it a lot of extra points i would say i'm gonna give the 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 price a 3.5 i gave it a three yeah um i i think it needs that that finish on it i think it does too but again it's got the it's got the front end going for it and really, it's doing a lot of the legwork as well, but it's it's really presenting itself well. And for a limited release to be kind of in this price range, I mean, it's hard to find good limited releases anymore. Yeah. It, you know? I mean, 14, that's my total score, by the way, is really, that's fine. Yeah. Pick it up. If you see it, grab it. Yeah. And mine's 14.5. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's good stuff. Um, I mean, I've yet, to, like I said, I've yet to have anything bad from Michter's. I have too. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I I just think this is uh, this is really good. You know, um, I this is gonna last me a while. I don't think that I'm gonna be aching to seek out another bottle. So yeah. in terms of like, not necessarily investment, but long term value, I'd say it's pretty high. You know, it's that limited release thing. So, yeah, I'm very comfortable with 14.5. Um, that If I had to guess, I would think probably, you know, it just it just ballparking before I actually broke it down. I would probably say about 13 or 14. Yeah. So 14.5, I'm very, very happy with. Absolutely. Very so, 
If you see it, pick it up. If not, pick up two bottles of Rare Breed and you'll be happy. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't know if you'll be just as happy. I mean, I would be. But I'm very happy with some Rare Breed. I, I need to replenish my Rare Breed. I just did the other day. <laughs> I, I, might, I might be coming and visiting after work tomorrow. Yeah. To go and do that. You go for it. Yeah. Tips and bits? Tips and bits. What do you got to recommend for us this week, Swanee? Mm, almost done with Criminal Minds. Have you watched the Snyder Cut yet? No. <laughs> Are you I'm, going to watch the Snyder Cut? I need to. I've, I've got so much stuff in my queue. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Did you see Justice League in 2017? No. Yeah. Well. No. Never mind. If you've seen Justice League from 2017, listeners, uh, it's basically that, but longer, and for the most part, better. Because gotcha. it, like. The big problem that everybody had, the big problem I had with it was all the reshoots and, you know, just destroying the initial creator vision. And this works. It works a lot better. It has a lot of moments. And I do emphasize a lot because it is a four hour event spectacle, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But it, it, it has a lot of moments that could have been left out or that kind of drag it down a little bit. But I had a really good time watching it. And I'm kind of looking forward to watching it again sometime in the future. So that's one of my tips and or bits. Sorry for stepping on your criminal minds there. No, you're, you're all good. No, I'm not recommending that. Um, <laughs> have, there's a new documentary out called uh, Murder Among the Mormons, I believe it is. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, have you seen that? No. I think it's called that. Yeah, Murder Among the Mormons. It's a four-part, uh, like miniseries basically and it basically just goes into like how crazy collecting like old mormon documents was for a certain period of time huh like it used to be its own like black market like it was intense and so uh, i mean the the gist of the entire thing is is basically the mormon church is very very uh, like most religions very uh, stuck in in practice and ways of like the the writings that they received um and so that's you know it's a very staple thing for every religion you yeah. have an original writing you follow it to uh, as close as you can and as these people started finding more and more documents um the mormon church realized that they found some conflicting information to the original writings and they tried to hush it a little bit oh and so some of these documents went from like, you know, we'll sell this for four hundred, five hundred dollars to uh -huh. like we're selling this for one point three million dollars. Oh my gosh. And so like it's this whole like black market thing. Like the introduction of the show is like, you know, there's only one way to keep two people quiet or like keep a secret between two people. It's to kill the second person. Yikes. And, and it's like oh my gosh oh you just had no idea it was that cutthroat and so like i i watched the whole thing and i'm just holding my drink and just watching the ice melt just like because oh. <laughs> you can't look what? away yeah. Yeah. you're not only can you not look away but you're also sweating more significantly so it's heating the glass up more yeah i'm just like what is going on right now i had no idea I, it's uh. just it's it's not a quick watch i'll be honest they drag it out a little bit like most netflix documentaries but it is interesting hmm. um so it's definitely worth a watch i'm i'm a little scared but 
<laughs> you should be. But I'm, I'm, I kind of want to watch that. I love a good... So, it's only four parts, and they're about an hour apiece. Oh, well, I already watched a four-hour thing anyway, recently. Yeah. So It's great. What's one more? I'll have that knowledge for any time someone asks me about it. Mm-hmm. It'll be... <laughs> movie, movie was so long. It just... Like... There was a point where I was watching it, and I was like, how can there possibly be another hour of this? And then 30 minutes passed, and it was like the story resolved. And there were 30 minutes left. Mm. And I was like, how can there possibly be another 30 minutes? Need that closure, Perry. Of this movie. But here's the thing. Parts of the closure were reshoots. He went back and did more. He added 30 minutes to the movie. Why? I just Zack like the, Snyder. Did he just add the deleted scenes in, basically? Uh, he, so, basically, what it's like is that it was like they just took everything that they shot and dumped it into the movie. Right? Gotcha. So, I mean, not like, you know, alternate takes or whatever. But it was edited like... Every idea that they had, yeah. So in some ways, yeah, like deleted scenes and stuff, they crammed in. So it's this behemoth of an undertaking, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> and it gets to the point where you start to have an existential crisis too. You're like, "Oh, <laughs> I've made mistakes." <laughs> I don't feel so good in any Yeah, movie. but there's also that point in the movie where you're like, I've made it in two and a half hours. I'm going to finish this. I did. I, let me say, too, I intentionally took a break at the two-hour mark. Yeah. Because I felt myself starting to lose interest a little bit mm-hmm. and getting on my phone a little bit more. So I like had to get up, go to the bathroom, grab something to eat and drink so that I could kind of reset myself. Take like a 15-minute break or whatever. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I felt better about it. But again, I was constantly looking at the runtime going, how is there more? Where is this going? <laughs> yeah. How are they going to fit in some of this crap? It's crazy, man. Anyway. Anyway. Snyder Cut's good. I liked it. I liked it significantly better than I did the 2017 version. Mm. So. You've done this twice? Yep. Oh, man. What a tips and bits. You sound uh, excited about that. Yep. Well, go, uh, go watch some Mormons getting into it. And then... Uh, you know, you can just come back next week and recommend that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm deflated. I'm out of energy now. Yeah. I got my my mini rant mm-hmm. out. Hey, that does it for this week's episode, though. That's it. It was good, man. I know that, like, most of our episodes are pretty, like, we kind of stick to one topic, but now that we're kind of returning to form. I like it. They may be a little longer, because Perry and I literally only see each other during these episodes, so this is, like also us just yeah. seeing each other you but, know but here's the thing we're under an hour and a half we are we are so i mean like for people who were complaining at one point about the episodes being too long here you go i mean this is a, again a return to form so yeah the news adds a lot it does it does and and you know i know that people have a hard time with some uh <laughs> with attention yeah. You know, especially with podcasts. I mean, a lot of people are listening to them on their way to work, on their way home from work, in their off times or, or whatever. So, 
yeah, I think it's only fitting that we kind of revamped it a little bit, kind of returned to what we used to do. And here we are. So I hope you enjoyed this. This is going to be what we're kind of, we're, we're basically going to do in the future. And I feel really comfortable with it. I didn't feel like we were pushing anything yeah. or like it felt inauthentic. So let's do it. Let's keep it up. I don't know what's going to happen next week, though. But you I've, know what people can do in between now and then is follow us on social media. Uh, yeah, all of those. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Where can people do that for you? Um, I'm at SwanTBF on Instagram. And then I clock out for the evening. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at PRitter1492 on all social media channels. The show itself is at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes podcast app. And we will read that out here on the the podcast itself. See if we have any new reviews, Swan. We have no new reviews, Swan. <laughs> mm, gotcha. <laughs> Maybe next week. Like I said, we'll read them out here on the show. It's a really, really good way to help the show out. We show up in the in the search engine when you go into podcasts, the podcast app, and search bourbon. We come up pretty early. So please go in and do that. Share the, the show with your friends. Go and hack into their their Apple Podcast app or whatever they listen to the show to podcasts on and just hit that subscribe button and they're like, oh, how did I get these episodes of This Is My Bourbon Podcast to show up? I guess I have to listen to it now. And we're like, yeah, you do have to listen you to it. You do have to. That's it's an obligation. Point. It's con- it's contractual. Yeah. You know, it's what people don't realize is that with every episode, we send out a mini contract that when, and it signs automatically for you. So when you hit download, it also comes back up um, with a with it, it just signed it signs it automatically. It's like oh, I have to yeah no. So thank you everybody who's contractually obligated to listen to the show. You make things fun for us. Absolutely. <laughs> go subscribe on YouTube as well. It's YouTube.com/slash This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I go live every the Thursday night over there. Some YouTube content's coming up, boys. I'm doing some reviews. I'm doing some commentaries. I got a little sketch I want to do as well, which is going to be funny. I'm really, really pumped for it, dude. Yeah. I'll tell you about it once we're done recording here in a second. Uh, let's see what else. 859-428-8253. Barrel Rings. It's uh, our infrequent segment where people call in and we listen to a voicemail from them. You can send questions or comments to this my bourbon shop at gmail.com. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com, including skateboards. Thank you, Chad, for buying a skateboard <laughs> from us. Freaking awesome. Uh, we also have, that's not Chad from It's Bourbon Night. It's a different Chad. It's my daily bourbon, Chad. But speaking of other Chad, Chad Perkins, mm-hmm. uh, we also have our Glen Cairns, which say this is my bourbon drinking glass on them, over at whiskeyambitions.com. Less than 20 of those left in stock. So if you have not yet gone and picked one up, please go do so. And hopefully we'll restock some soon. Yeah, we'll see. It's, a, it's a, quite a turnaround from Scotland. Takes a bit. Takes, yeah. a, takes a hot second. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'd like to do some more, some more glassware for people, especially since they seem to enjoy it yeah. so much the first time around. And uh, yeah, last but not least, patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can help support the show. Five bucks a month gets you all of the content, the backlogged uh, bonus episodes, the last calls, the first, uh, nope, not first calls, the pregame chats. That's what it is. Yeah. Why did my brain do that in review? 
It's time to clock out for the it evening. It is time to clock out for the evening. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. We'll see you all next week. But until then, I'm Perry. And I'm Swan. And this is my bourbon podcast. Bourbon.